The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro Eastside and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House of Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, REMAX Metro Eastside. And Eric Osses here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy yeah. weekend. Happy weekend. So good to see you once again, my friend. I'm happy to be here, I guess. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I just got... I Nothing just, catastrophic I kept you from a, coming? No, I, I spent a delightful <laughs> week down in Florida and I had a company retreat for a few days and then... Nothing spent, catastrophic there either. Nothing, nothing at all. All very good. It was one of our best years ever. Yeah. So, do you know why I keep saying that? <laughs> well, yeah, I do know why you're going to yeah, say just, that. Yeah. I'm just peppering the words already. We're going to prime the pump for our listeners' yeah. ears on what we're going to be talking about later. Right. Yeah. And... This is a perfect, perfect timing for for that, you know. As yeah, it's like a landslide of, you know, information coming at people. Just a tidal wave of it. You're absolutely right. I'm just flooded yeah. with all kinds I of know. ideas I'm on where we can go with, with this. <laughs> uh, sorry, you know, I, I totally love words. So when we start getting into a certain kind of program, I just, I can't stop like my brain gets yourself. going. Well, I was yeah. talking with our guest before we even got on air today and just like, we were talking about the brain, you know, and for me, like the, how your brain could just go all these different wild directions on things, whether it's reality or not reality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so, but when I start thinking about topics and what have you, or I'm having a conversation, suddenly I start infusing those words, you know, or, t- or versions of those words. I always feel like I'm a thesaurus when I'm like having a conversation with somebody. <laughs> thesaurus. Yeah. That's right. Yes. <laughs> it was someone who was saying something to me the other day. I love this, uh, the way they put it. They said, um, I'm not really superstitious. I'm just stitious. <laughs> and I just started cracking up. <laughs> kind of low level. That's not bad. I'm like, oh, I wonder if stitious is actually a word. I kind of want to go look word. it up. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Is it? Just by yeah. itself? Uh, sure. See, now you're going to make me have to look it up. Yeah. I was trying not to use a computer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, because our guest and, and myself, we were talking about social dilemma, the, the, the Netflix documentary. So that also was part of it, too, was like all this... What, you know, if I use Google now, if I go look up superstitious or stitious, yeah. it's going to start serving up to me things well, that I probably don't want. It is. An, <laughs> it's an adjective. It's oh, you did look it up. Good. It, now I it's all going to show up on your laptop. Characterized by diligent study <laughs> and a fondness for reading. I am stitious. You're very stitious. I'm a su- yeah. I'm, I am superstitious <laughs> from the standpoint of like I read 40 to 60 books a year. Super hyphen stitious. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, now I love that word even more. Well, I'm glad we got that problem solved. Let's yes, go on. I know. Yeah. So anyway, I had a delightful um, week down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent some time down in the Keys, which I'd never mm-hmm. never been to before. And ah, I, love I it. hear love it's it. small. Love it down there. It's very cool. Yeah, very, very It's cool, nice. but I, it's also small, right? Isn't the location mm-hmm. like kind of a Well, tight I mean, it's, it's a long geographic. string of, string of islands. Yeah, one road that, that goes all the way through them, all these different little keys, islands. Ah, uh, okay. And the very end is Key West, which is Oh, so that's what I'm thinking cool of is Key West, is yeah. I've had people tell me that's like a yeah. very small it's, little community. It reminds me of uh, Lahaina, like uh, on Maui. You know, but, but bigger, take your take your that. word for that. I haven't been to Lahaina. What? <laughs> I've been to Maui, but oh. I don't think I've been to Lahaina. Yeah, that's like where you go in Maui. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, I'll take your word for it. Okay. Well, I was there. I just don't enjoyed it. Don't take my it. word for it. Just go. 
Yeah, just go. Okay. That's my that's my advice. Anyway, okay. great to trip. the Keys or Lahaina. Yeah, that's right. The only complaint I have about Florida is the I seventy five, and that is in in a short word, terrifying. Uh, to drive on. And that's coming from me. And I'm a fairly aggressive driver. <gasps> what? But I'm looking in my rear room mirror. I'm just going with the flow of the traffic, mm-hmm. you know, 80 or 75 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're looking cars, for a Prius to I piss saw, you off. I saw one car coming up on me <laughs> doing a buck 20. If if, not if it was more. a Prius, I'm going to die laughing. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. You know, full, was it a Tesla? No, no, no. Just big charger. Full Mm. locking it up, skidding. There's a reason why they call him Dodge. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I, I kind of had to do I that, do, actually. I like to yeah. avoid people who drive, who have a Dodge, no, because I'm like, you take that, like, seriously. Literally. No, <laughs> like, Dodge, Dodge, Dodge. It's like living in a video game. It's like GTA, you know, Grand yeah. Theft Auto. Everybody's just going everywhere. I'm glad that you said so, what that was, because I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how the insurance costs are. In Florida, you know, I wonder. How people drive like that. Well, it's not just that; it's homeowners insurance too, because all the hurricanes and such. Right, it's, right. That's I mean, in fact, a lot of what impacts the entire United States, you know, fluctuating on insurance rates. A lot of it has to do with those states that oh, have like the highest sustained. losses. Right. So, well, building codes are cool there, though, because especially down in the Keys, most of mm-hmm. the the newer homes are all built up on stilts. Mm-hmm. They do that in Hawaii too. So, yeah. if there is a big storm surge. Guess it just goes right underneath. It just kind of rips right on. You hope through. so. Sit out, yes. you know, sit in your living room, throw fish pole out there, and that's uh, exactly what by. people do during those times. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> was, I you know what they, you would do. <laughs> they get the so. heck out of Dodge. Speaking of Dodge. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking of um, places like that, waterfront. You're gonna. I'm. I'm assuming you mm-hmm. already have your insurance all set up for working on it. Yeah. Okay. Working on it. Good. I need to talk to somebody. I about, know about you do because this person I'm looking at across the studio <laughs> yes, is someone you need to talk to. Absolutely. Yeah, including uh, flood coverage and yes, because I'm assuming um, that that is required there. And some of the other many acronyms that are rife in the insurance industry that it's almost as bad as the lending industry with the acronyms. Yes, but maybe you should introduce our guest if you're going to start talking at her like that. I'd love that. to. Yeah, <laughs> let's do. Let's do. Um, so everyone, we're really happy to have once again on our show Gail Wilfringer from First Mark Insurance, and uh, Gail and I go way, way, way back uh, to yes. high school. Yes, and um, you know, so it's been a been a long time, and and I think you've pretty much been in the insurance industry the whole time. Yes. Wow. Since high school. Yes. Like yes. while in high school, it was or? my high school. It was my high school job. Were you licensed or you just worked at an insurance firm? I just, I worked at an insurance company as a file clerk. Ah. Files don't exist anymore, I don't believe. No, probably right. not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, it just, it, it kind of depends. I, I think, think that building is a hospital now it, or something. It's like, it is. You don't go there for insurance and you go there for like day surgery. Yeah. We yeah. actually buried a time insurance. capsule in that parking uh, lot years and years and years ago and they had to dig it all up when they sold the building but oh, every time I drive by it I still have fond memories of my time there it was a great yeah. way to, to learn the industry well yeah. yeah and the fact that I mean obviously you enjoy it or you wouldn't still be doing it all these years later I mean yes. I just I just got done having my 19th anniversary of being a real estate agent so I'm going into my 20th year and that just blows my mind I'm like how did I get to a place where I should have a college graduate on my hands I- <laughs> I think as 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 we get older, the time goes much much more quickly. It feels like that. It really does. It does. I don't know why, yeah. but it does. Yeah. But no, Gail, we're so thrilled to have you back with us. I know, um, you know, we've got a whole 
kind of really series of shows that we want to do with you over time because there's just there's so much in what you do. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it was during the last uh, recording that we were doing when you were on the show last um, we got into this topic. Which was, you know, let's let's bring in some of the big because I think before what we were doing is like, what should you be looking at when you're, you know, having your insurance evaluated, right? Yeah. You know, you're buying a house. What do you have to think about? You know, that kind of thing. And you know, we were all having fun about the like, what are the crazy stories, right? Because that's partly how this show started was Eric and I sitting around every once in a while at happy hours with our colleagues swapping outrageous stories around mortgage and real estate, you know, the stuff you don't see on HGTV, right? And, or Property Brothers or any of that junk. And, and we start t- telling, you know, all the stories. Some of them we live through together and some mm-hmm. separately, of course. Right, right. And, uh, and it was like, oh, you've got to have amazing stories of, you know, catastrophic stuff. And then also just the, the topics around catastrophic insurance, right? So, Mm -hmm. so we're talking about for property hazard insurance specifically. Um, and so you were going to bring to the table for us today, you know, the show uh, for our listeners benefit is, uh, some of that catastrophic. So we're going to be talking about things like landslide, earthquake, and flood. Correct. Right. So um, do you want to get us started? Where would you like us to uh, yeah. lead this conversation? <laughs> what disaster should we jump in with? Yes. That's right. So you having been just coming from Florida, so mm-hmm. very different part of the country, and they mm-hmm. deal uh, with catastrophic events as well, just uh, not the same as ours. So in areas where there's high catastrophic risk, mm-hmm. you'll see the government kind of step in and they'll start to create a way for homeowners, property owners, to be able to offset that risk. So anytime you're dealing with any insurance, really, but today we're going to talk catastrophic. So we'll just stick to those, the big three, which for us here in the Northwest are flood, Mm -hmm. landslide, and earthquake. Mm -hmm. And you really just have a couple of choices there, right? You can Mm -hmm. ignore it. Yeah, <laughs> you could which definitely many people ignore do. it, self-insure for it, which, mm-hmm. you know, we talk a lot about how self-insuring for the little things is a great idea. Self-insuring for an earthquake, probably not such a great idea. Right. Um, you could uh, hope, not a strategy, by the way. <laughs> you could no. Hope it doesn't happen. Right. Hope, hope and, and pray. pray. Do not cut Great it. ideas, but it won't work. Uh, <laughs> or you good. can transfer the risk, which is basically finding a place for someone else to take on that risk. And mm-hmm. insurance companies are the, great, are the greatest for that. Because when you look at what we call law of large numbers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a very industry-ridden uh, term, but I'll kind of break it down, law of large numbers, is if you're going to insure... 20 houses in a block, mm-hmm. all 20 houses are not going to go down at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Now switch that over to a catastrophic event. All 20 are probably going to go yeah. down at the same time. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. So, Very possible. Yes. Yeah. So you'll see your traditional insurance companies really step away from those uh, coverages. They used to insure for earthquake. They used to include some of those coverages as part of their portfolio. And they stepped away from that, I want to say, at least... 20, 25 years ago, I'm After thinking. the Nisqually quake, a lot yeah, of them, they just, You know, the, the, the reserves that have to be in place. So if mm-hmm. you think about it, you're going to insure 20 houses on a block. You've got to, in, you've got to have reserves for every single right. one of those for the worst-case scenario. Got it. Um, insurance companies and agents are Which totally paranoid. makes sense why when I bought a house in 2002 on a slope with a beautiful view, I could not get mm-hmm. earthquake insurance. No. Correct. 
But what was interesting to me is she didn't mention landslide insurance, and I was actually more concerned about that. But okay, so keep going though. Yeah, keep, keep no, talking. no, not at all. So, so I think the the purpose, as is with everything that I bring forward, that I always bring forward for you guys, is it's all mm. about education. Right. It's, let's get the information out there. Let's get it into the hands of the people that need it, so that they can make great decisions about how mm. to spend mm-hmm. their money, because ultimately that's how it's going to work. Okay. And there's leverages in there. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about those leverages and some of the best practices and things to know about all of these things when we get back after these messages. Again, we have Gail Welfringer with First Mark Insurance with us, and we'll be back right after these short messages on Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from HomeBridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday, 2 to two to 3 o'clock. <laughs> and Sundays from 3 to 4. And always on podcasts. Yes. Just find your favorite podcast station and look up Open House with Team Reba. And there's now at least 225 episodes. Yeah, a lot of content on there. Ridiculous number of shows. We've had some really, really interesting guests on over the years. I don't think we've had anyone who's been uninteresting, except Mm. for the one guy. You have one guy guy. guy. we're not going to say. Yeah, that one guy. We're not going to say. Yeah, I about fell asleep on that guy. And you know what? I wasn't there that day. I know. I know. That's That's probably why. That's probably why. Yeah, yeah. I can bring out the best in people. (laughs) (laughs) Or the worst. Or the worst, yeah. It just depends. It depends on my goals. That means it depends that, on my goals. You like words? Does the word polarizing mean anything to you? Yes, and it's often quite exciting. <laughs> it certainly <laughs> is. Never a dull moment around here, that's for sure. Okay. Anyhow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of polarizing, <laughs> let's talk about insurance. <laughs> let's do. Let's talk about some big disasters here. All right. Uh, so we've got Gail Welfringer with uh, First Mark Insurance with us, and Gail. Okay, before we jump into, you know, all th- this stuff, we want a story. Give us a good one. Like, a, what's your your best oh, yeah. sort of He's earthquake disaster? Really? Yeah. A dis- do you want a natural disaster story? I don't have that many Doesn't of matter. those. I mean, those yeah. are kind of... We kind of want those to be few. Those are kind of <laughs> sort of sad. I, yeah, I have a couple of those. Yeah. Um, I have an interesting one, and this will interest you because you're a boater. Okay. And you're a boater. Yes. Okay, great. So uh, years ago, I was a litigation specialist. So my background is underwriting okay. claims, sales, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Yeah. And when I was a litigation specialist, it's been years ago now, so I can actually share the story. <laughs> okay. Um, we had a boater on Lake Washington and just, you know, having a great day. You know, those beautiful days mm-hmm. on Lake Washington, just oh, yeah. motoring along and having a good old time. And there's all these jet skiers. Now, these were back in the days when... These were old jet skis. Remember, you used to have to uh-huh. kneel down on yeah, them and absolutely. stuff. They weren't very Had one. Yeah. yeah, they weren't. They didn't look like they were fun to ride, but they must have been. But mm-hmm. at any rate, so you had these jet skiers, and they would love to jump the wakes from oh, these big boats, right? right? They would yeah. look for it. Yeah. And so I get the claim on my desk, and I'm trying to sort out what is going on here because I've got an injured party, and I've got a boat owner. Mm-hmm. And he's got a boat policy with a nice big umbrella. We talk about having right. that extra liability. If you're oh, yeah. a boat owner and you don't have an umbrella, shame on you. Get one now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here's umbrella why. Umbrella policy. Yeah. Okay. Um, the jet skier was jumping wakes and got too close to the back end and got sucked under and hit oh, the no. prop. Oh no! Ouch! So, yeah, oh. yeah. As you can imagine, and so the oh, boat owner immediately killed the motor and grabbed the kid and pulled him up onto the boat. And they oh. called 911 and went all that. So fast forward, uh, our bone owner actually gets sued. 
And so that's how I end up with the claim. Was wait, wait, wait. Your boat owner gets sued Our because boat. a jet skier hit the boat. Yes. Well, yes. you also said it was a young person. I'm going to guess some parents were involved yeah. in that yeah. decision. Yeah. Mm. And, and it wasn't a fatality, so I'll tell you that right now. That's I mean, it wasn't a, you know, okay. he probably has scars. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, I'll bet. Yeah. Well deserved. But yeah. <laughs> earned those. But what was ironic was here's our boat owner who basically got his boat totaled because when you pull a bleeding body up onto your fiberglass, mm. it doesn't usually recover from that. And um, doing everything they can. And the reason the boat owner got sued and the reason we lost that claim was because by Washington State boat law, you have to have a port and starboard watch. And so I guess the starboard watch was supposed to warn the captain that a jet skier was coming. And to stop his boat. Are you serious? I'm. I. I. I mean, it, I, it's too. Uh, I mean, I couldn't even believe it. I, I was. <laughs> I just. I just have it. a stunned look on my face. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I know. I wow. know. All I can say okay, is that that, that, that actually makes me nervous because I boat alone a lot. Well, that means you have to swivel your head a bunch. I know, and I yeah. do. But well, that jet skier had one heck of a good attorney. Is you think? What I could imagine. That's exactly. Wow. Yeah. So to boat well, owners out there, there you go. That you said <laughs> on Lake Washington, he's probably coming from his house, probably a waterfront family. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes me sad. Actually, that makes me seriously yeah. sad. Yeah. That's awful. Which, is, which affects our rates. It well, does. I wonder also if that's one of the reasons why when they started doing, I wonder if that would change today now that they have the adjustments and everyone, including those in personal watercraft, have to go through the boating certificate. Mm-hmm. Right, because when I got my boat, like they they made everybody go back through it, mm-hmm. no matter what your age was or how long you'd been doing it, and in that personal watercraft is is required to do that as well, and so mm-hmm. maybe that helps put some more responsibility back onto that individual uh, who's doing that. You've been on Lake Washington recently. I'm not <laughs> saying it doesn't make them not stupid. Working, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm saying you know. It, Right. Speaking of polarizing, let's yeah. just hash that mm-hmm. out. No, like, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, let's no, get, we'll talk somewhere uh, we'll, else We'll, we'll get back yeah. to this. Yeah. So, yeah. so, Gail, okay. uh, so before the break, we're talking about kind of catastrophic things and especially earthquake. And, um, but there's different types of coverage. You can have an uh, earthquake policy or you can have a change in condition. Have I got that term Difference right? in condition. Difference in condition. Mm-hmm. Okay, so DIC. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and, and what, are, what are the differences <laughs> yes. between yes. between that? Yeah. So um, and and just don't let me forget. I want to talk a little bit about flood too because we don't do a lot. We don't have a lot of it here, but it's starting to come up a little bit with homeowners mm-hmm. looking for homes. Oh, so I, I don't want to forget that. that. So right. mm-hmm. uh, just remind me to make sure I don't miss that one for everyone. So the difference between earthquake and um, difference in condition really is how those two policies react. So an earthquake, of course, is a seismic activity, and it's ironic that we don't really notice how many are coming coming and going mm-hmm. throughout our day, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we've got the biggest seismic research facility mm-hmm. at the University of Washington. They've got that thing yeah. going 24-7, measuring oh, everything. Yeah. Uh, we had a 3.8 in Shelton, Washington, actually, this weekend. Nobody felt oh. it. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're doing 1.4s off the coast all the time. I mean, right. these are happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're in California, you've got a completely different what we call fault plates, right. if you will. Sure. Okay, mm-hmm. so California, they, sh- they shift, they crack, they mm-hmm. split, and that's how that happens. Mm-hmm. That's the San Andreas Fault, right. if everybody saw the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And up here, we have the Juan de Fuca Fault, mm-hmm. we've got the Cascadia Fault, yep. and we have what's called liquefaction. Mm-hmm. So our soil is wet, it's mm-hmm. liquid. So when we get some shifting, some seismic activity, mm-hmm. 
our land tends to shift and slide and do things that are that very different from California. Sure. Right. It can still create a catastrophic event. And I think sometimes we think, oh, it's never going to happen to us. But here's the telltale, right? So you have just purchased yourself a beautiful million-dollar house because you live in Seattle, and mm-hmm. that buys you a 1,000 square feet, <laughs> something like it's that. It's getting there. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and, um, but you owe the bank for that house. You sure. don't own the house. You're paying a mortgage on it. Yeah. And God bless them, but the lenders don't really care if that house gets destroyed by earthquake. I mean, they you still, still got to make your payments. You still got to make your payment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the nice thing about the earthquake coverages and all the catastrophic coverages is that it really helps you protect that asset. Mm-hmm. It protects you in multiple ways. If you've got damage and it can be repaired, it will repair it. If you've got a catastrophic event that destroys your home, it will cash you out. It will provide you cash to relocate and purchase another home. Mm-hmm. Wait, which uh, one is this again? These are all your catastrophic, but we'll oh, talk oh, okay. about earthquake first. Right, so okay. your earthquake coverages are going to provide you multiple levels of protection. So say, for example, you've got a, we've got a catastrophic event and you've got damage to your home. And we'll talk about this when we get into the landslide piece. But a lot of times homes don't look damaged, right? But right. it's all the underpinnings exactly. and the foundation. Right. Something yep. shifted under the house and mm-hmm. so it's tagged. And, or you've got a gas line problem. Yep. There mm-hmm. you go. Yep. And so you're just done. That house is done for. And so you either get the money for the home, the actual value of the house at the time of the loss, and you can go buy another home. You can rebuild in the same location if that's possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it takes years and years and years to even get to that point. Right. So we like to look at the big ones. The asset, number one, protecting your home. Mm -hmm. And then the loss of use, your inability to live there. And keep in mind, if we've got an earthquake, the good, there's a good chance that we're not going to be able to put you just down the street at, exactly. the, res, at the Marriott. The region, we're going to put exactly. you in Idaho or Oregon or somewhere, right? So mm-hmm. we don't have any place. And the cost of all that is going to be elevated, um, mm-hmm. inflated, because that's how us Americans work. Yeah. <laughs> never, <laughs> let, never let a disaster go Especially unexploited. In the Northwest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Take advantage of it. So, um, I love how you work. laugh as you say, like, you just go, like, Sam, we just exploit it. We just did what you just do. We're going to really hate this one. <laughs> yeah, wait till you get a load of this. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So, we really want to focus on the big ones because these catastrophic coverages aren't cheap. They do, yeah. they do cost you money, mm-hmm. but they can, we can manage those. We can use those levers. Mm-hmm. We can say, let's pick a deductible that is. You, that is reasonable that you can manage mm-hmm. and let's just focus on the house and the loss of use let's because right. in the end of the at the end of the day if if your entire home is destroyed by an earthquake i don't think you're worried about your clothes right mm-hmm. actually you just brought up some an important point though you're talking about the deductible and i was always under the impression with the earthquake coverage especially there was a set deductible i had 10 percent in my head but are there there are different deductibles that correct you can select. correct so if we back up and say traditional insurance companies are no longer in offering earthquake coverage mm-hmm. we're actually purchasing those from actual earthquake carriers Surpri- not surprisingly they're out mm-hmm. of california mm-hmm. if anybody knows earthquake it's california right, so right. um and those carriers will offer you a, a kind of a platform of different variable deductibles you can go as okay. low as two and a half percent okay and you can go as high as 20 percent Hmm. So that's allowing you that flexibility in there. It does hit every coverage. So mm-hmm. you pay that same 10% for the dwelling and you pay the same 10% for the loss of use. Mm-hmm. If you've got contents on there, other structures, things like that. Sure. So it's really just managing that. Okay. So um, as an example, I think I wrote this down for everybody so I would have it somewhere in my notes here. Is, um the difference in the premiums between the two um, can really vary. So you're looking at either... 
you know, maybe a half a million dollar house in, you know, North King County area might run you about $1,200 a year with a 10% deductible. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not out of line for what you might no. expect. Right. Um, but that same house in an area that might be closer to that Wanda Fuqua fault mm-hmm. or the Cascadia fault, you might see those premiums go up a little bit. And so we just kind of balance that out with what feels comfortable for you for a deductible. Mm-hmm. Keeping in mind that you're probably just going to get a check. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most likely. So you're saying because um, you sent out, by the way, listeners, if you guys want any of these, um, you can send an email to info at teamreba.com. We got some really great documents from Gail after she was on the mm-hmm. show last time that go that they're great tips for homeowners. Mm-hmm. And I'm now sending them out to clients. Um, if you want to reach out to us, we're happy to share these with anyone who would like to read them. Uh, they're wonderful because they go into all these things like what could happen. It also gives this great historical background about the codes and how they've changed via the earthquakes over time in this region. Uh, but you mentioned um, whether or not you're close to a fault. So I want to you can answer this question when we get back, but uh, I'm looking at this and I want to know, like, do they actually go map me out and do that for the insurance itself or do I have to figure it out? So we're going to learn about that when we get back after these messages on Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, REMAX Metro Eastside. And Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Yes, and we still have with us Gail Wuffringer from First Mark Insurance. Yes. I love having you on the show. You bring well, such a you. wonderful energy in, and you literally shake us up yep, with the conversation. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Well, but actually, this is amazing. I love this. Absolutely. Uh, so before the break, we were talking about earthquake coverage, mm-hmm. and, and so there's there's different choices to deductibles. You can kind of pick which one's going to meet your budget. Uh, but, man, this is important. And in our area, uh, the question I get asked all the time, you know, with my clients, especially first-time home buyers, it's like, well, okay, let's talk about insurance. Do you think I need earthquake coverage? Mm-hmm. Anything like that? And, you know, the house I'm buying, it was built in, you know, 1928. So it's been through, you know, a couple real big ones. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? And yeah, we get that question. All how the time. do you answer that, Gail? If you live in a house that was built pre fifty, pre nineteen fifty, then you're going to be subjected to building codes one way or the other because those homes are just older. They haven't kept up with the building code. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, there's mm-hmm. building code improvements that yeah. are there for to keep homeowners safe. So we put earthquake coverage on every single proposal we put out there because mm-hmm. we're all about information. Mm-hmm. You don't have to buy it. Right. You'll make that decision on what's gonna, what it's going to be worth to you or not. But I'm going to explain it to you, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to show you all the different variables, and then we're going to make that decision. And you, um, n- and you mentioned this kind of briefly, and I just kept it in my brain, Eric, and that was also keeping in mind that these are usually not paid for out of escrow. So if you've got mm-hmm. a, a, a lender that pays your taxes and insurance, right. earthquake's usually going to be excluded. Mm-hmm. So it's really an out-of-pocket expense. And so it's all about building it into the mm-hmm. budget. If you're in a home that was built in 1928, if you suffer any type of a loss to that home, you're going to get probably going to get hit with some building code adjustments when they go to rebuild that mm-hmm. home. Right. So that's where we bump up building code. We do the things that we need to do to make sure that your assets protected. We bump up building codes. Mm-hmm. We put earthquake on it. Probably not because the house is going to be repaired. There's a pretty good chance they're not going to they're just going to go, "Nope, this house ain't. We're not rebuilding this house again." 
but you can rebuild on that same platform or that footprint, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. if they're if they're allowing, or you have the money to go build somewhere else, or you mm-hmm. can go buy another house of that same value. Mm-hmm. So it's all about extending that protection beyond the event and making sure that you're not made whole again, but you're definitely indemnified to the point where you can live, you know, you can continue to live on. Because truth be known, you know, you've got to go down to almost the foundation and then you've got to start mm-hmm. rebuilding everything from mm-hmm. the ground back yeah, up again. Right. And, and realistically, you're not going to be able to do that. And, and how, like right now, the cost of lumber, we're up 375% <laughs> since yeah. the beginning of the year. Yeah. So how does that affect, I mean, should people be right now reevaluating their coverage levels? We are. We are doing huge. We are going through every single homeowner policy and we're bumping up coverage and we're not having any issues with our homeowners either. They're going, yes, please do. Because building costs are so out of control Mm -hmm. um, to the point where people are stealing lumber. Now, whoever thought that was going to happen, right? I mean, stealing lumber, right? Um, But in an earthquake situation, we're going to overinflate all of those. So in a homeowner policy, you've got a buffer. We talked about it last Mm -hmm. time. Extended replacement cost. It's the extension from the dwelling, the coverages you pay for, to make sure you've got enough to rebuild. 140%, Mm 150%, some are unlimited. Mm -hmm. In an earthquake policy, you don't have that. So the only coverage you have is what we actually put on it. So if you insure your home, for $450,000 and you've got 140, 140% extended replacement costs, mm-hmm. you're going to be okay. Yeah. If on an earthquake policy, we're not going to go for 50, we're probably going to go 520, 510, 550, something like that, right? Okay. Something where we know that we're building in our own buffer okay. to make sure. But that needs to be revisited then, I mean, especially looking at what yeah. home values have done in our area. Exactly. Because yeah, that doesn't have an automatic No, it has inflation. a little bit of inflation, but inflation's not keeping yeah. up with what we're seeing right, right now. Yeah, it's been nuts. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. I hope everybody's okay. making notes out there because this <laughs> yeah. is pretty important stuff. Come back and so, listen to this okay. one again and again. So contrast us the difference between earthquake coverage and difference in conditions. Yeah. Sorry, I, we have an acronym in lending called changing conditions. Oh, there you anyway, go. So okay, I, perfect. I'm going to throw that no one out problem. there. But, okay, difference in condition. What, what are the, how are they different? Yeah, so in here, in the Northwest, we probably have more exposure to difference in condition than we actually do earthquake Mm -hmm. because for an earthquake policy to actually activate on itself you've got to have a seismic activity there's Mm got to be destruction things like that a difference in condition is going to take the basically the three catastrophic events that could occur for us which would be earthquake flood or landslide Mm -hmm. something shifting Mm -hmm. something like that right it's going to take all of those events and it's going to put them into under one policy and then it's going to react to those how it sees how it is built so for example because we have so much liquefaction Mm -hmm. we might have a seismic event but it wouldn't be considered an earthquake but it might be enough to set loose a landslide Mm -hmm. right and the landslide's going to do some serious damage it Mm -hmm. could take the it could Mm -hmm. come out from underneath your foundation and just basically leave your house hanging cantilevered over the Mm -hmm. (laughs) edge which i've seen some of those out from my boat like just Looking at houses going, oh, yeah. I wonder if they know it looks like that. You go along <laughs> the water, you see all those parabolas on right. the side of the hills. Exactly. All landslide activity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so I probably do more of those policies than I do okay. any, any earthquake policies because when I go to look, and this is all about the homework and the work you put into it, I'm going to look at that house. I'm going to look where it's at, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's situated, what the exposure is, and go, you know, I could do this earthquake, but let's talk about a difference in conditions mm-hmm. instead yeah. because I think that's going to probably fit your needs it's going to might it might cost you a little bit more but if you buy an earthquake policy and you never have an earthquake then you just that doesn't do you any good right yeah if you don't buy a difference in conditions and something of an event like that happens 
Yeah, you're out of luck. You would have been glad you spent the extra four hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Was, right? You so. want to have the, okay. Gotcha. I'm I'm even looking at all of the things that are inside of the documents that you sent us because it's not even always just what happens with the structure itself, but what happens with the things that support the structure or within the structure that can cause damage mm-hmm. as well. Exactly. Exactly. So my. So my, um, my history with catastrophic events comes from my claims days. So my first catastrophic event was back in the early 90s, and it was Fidalgo Island mm-hmm. in Skagit yeah. County. Mm-hmm. Where, sure. um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the three things that can really affect something like that, a landslide, are going to be, you know, uh, basically geography, what's mm-hmm. happening with the geography of it, mm-hmm. structural, so has there some been some changing, and of course, the one we love the most, human. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> human yes. interaction. Right. Yeah, so well, sometimes it's all three. I mean, I, I know some folks even in Beery in the Three Tree Point area where mm-hmm. there was a water main break that didn't oh. get attended to and caused a huge landslide, took out about three houses. Yeah. Then I, I imagine, you know, insurance gets involved, and you've got yourself a whole hornet's nest of finger pointing and, and everything else. So <laughs> mm-hmm. the homeowner's like, I didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, who's going to who's gonna cover me? But, mm-hmm. but would that be considered a man-made type yes. situation? Yeah. I mean, it might have been, you, you know, it's hard to say if the um, if all of the geologists and everything that they call in, the land surveyors and whatnot could go back and say, you know, well, maybe the backfill. You know, so much of our property in the Northwest is backfilled. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know that everybody really knows that or no, gets that, but, you don't. know, we're backfilled to the hilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything I, was. Yeah. I see. So I'm going to want you to explain that real quick because I have people filling out seller disclosure forms all the time. But when you say backfilled, you're talking about, like, how we've changed the landscape itself or just how we do construction because there's a lot of fill dirt that comes in through that too yeah it's it's kind of where you maybe you drove by a piece of property one time and you said man wouldn't that be a cool property to build a house on and then you're thinking nobody's ever going to build a house there and then five years later there's a house there and you're like mm-hmm. how'd they do that mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. right so that's some creative like, job how many <laughs> truckloads of dirt is it going to take to make that buildable yeah that's well right. i mean you just think about downtown seattle and so much of that has all been filled all of the duwamish has mm-hmm. all been filled right. i mean mm-hmm. that's we've we've yeah. completely modified our landscape oh exactly mm-hmm. one of my um one of my Probably my most severe ones was the Magnolia Bluff. So I was the adjuster that handled our our customer's house. Uh, If you look at the pictures, if you pull up Mm -hmm. Magnolia Bluff, you'll see our customer's house sitting right on the edge, actually. And it Mm -hmm. was there for two weeks. And then for no reason whatsoever, it just toppled over on itself. But Mm -hmm. that was a horrible. And it ended up being a a very tragic event. You know, Mm -hmm. we had some loss of life that came out of it, more of the legal action on the backside of it. But if you talk to the land surveyors, in Seattle at the time, they'll tell you that they had thrown up all kinds of red warning flags in that area and said, don't build there, don't build there, don't build there. So it was kind of a ticking time bomb. Mm-hmm. And it was gorgeous property. When I don't think any of mm-hmm. us can deny that. I mean, it was the right. most beautiful view of Seattle you could ever see. Um, it's now waterfront. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Well, that's, that's the whole thing is like the better the view, typically the more risk well, of the property. Sure. Right. Exactly. So, you know, well, I just had as an example, um, a gentleman who wants to move here from out of state. I was looking at a property up on Queen Anne, and his question to me was, you know, the the soil, because it was on a very steep slope, the house was built in like 1910, and you could see where they'd done some other foundation work, and you could also see where the, the house had started slipping off the foundation, and they bolted it on, right? And he's thinking, you know, what can I do with this house? And I thought, oh, you know, and we did not have time for like a geotech study. But I also then sent to him, there's reports out there that have... Um, 
slide and like liquefaction zones for this area. So I just started sending him those documents. And when you sent me these forms also, um, we have another client who's moving here that is very, very concerned to make sure that they don't buy in some of those major hazard locations. And so, you know, I, I sent these documents to the gentleman from California and I'm sending them to others. I do also know that in West Seattle, there's, I'm curious, there's a townhouse development in West Seattle that all over in the title reports, it's the city of Seattle indemnifying themselves because they're stating to people, this is a liquefaction Mm -hmm. zone. Mm -hmm. If something happens here, you cannot sue the city because we've told the developer that this exists. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so if they tried to come and get coverage, is that person who's knowingly purchased in that area even able to get coverage, do you think? They could still get it. Uh, The only time you can't get earthquake or difference in conditions or flood is during the event itself. So as long as it's not there, (laughs) as long as it's not going on. Or after the event, probably. (laughs) My house is on fire. Can I buy insurance? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But here are your two zones in this area. So you've got Cascadia Subduction Zone, um, also known as the Wanda Fuca Fault. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that is a plate that runs from Vancouver Island in Canada all the way down to Northern California. So that's okay. your mm-hmm. your Wanda Fuca fault. What you're talking about, Reba, is the Seattle fault, which runs okay. from Bainbridge Island across Puget Sound through West Seattle and into Bellevue. Okay. So one's going one way and the other's going mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that's the- what I love about these charts that you or the, these documents you sent us because they show where a bunch of these things are kind of located. Mm-hmm. Um, but. We're going to have to get back to some of these things. We keep getting into such meaty topics here. I'm just absolutely loving it. But uh, we're going to be back here in just a few moments on Open House with Team Reba. And again, we have Gail Welfringer from First Mark Insurance with us. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And, you know, and we've got Gail Welfringer here with First Mark Insurance. Again, thanks again so much for joining us, Gail. Absolutely. Uh, I was just actually reading an article uh, about a, a Redmond winery that had to throw away their entire crop for 2020, which is something of a disaster Ouch. in itself. Uh, because the grapes they grow in eastern Washington were, mm. were damaged beyond repair by wildfire smoke. And um, and I thought, well, I know they have some type of crop insurance, I think, you know, to cover, mm. you know, some losses like that. I mean, you want some of your wine to have a smoky <laughs> essence, but I don't think that's <laughs> don't what it, they were shooting for. They don't want, like, over, <laughs> this would be like, over, this would be worse than a good I'm single malt. charcoal. Yeah. All right. Mm, <laughs> sensing, a little tar. Uh, is that a, is that a Rambler or a split level I smell <laughs> in that wine bouquet? Uh, but, you know, we, we've talked about uh, some earthquake issues and landslide issues. You know, we have a lot of folks right now that can work anywhere. You know, they're working from home. They're buying places in new areas. They're going to eastern Washington uh, mm-hmm. in, in droves. And, and you've got to worry about, about fires over there and smoke damage and everything else. Um, you know, on the west side, we've got to worry about floods. So can we kind of... Talk about those two topics topics as well. Yeah, yeah. you bet. So um, perfect timing, too. We've been having some ongoing training. Much, I'm sure much what you guys do in your uh, areas of expertise is we do a lot of training, and we're always learning. And our carriers mm-hmm. come to us and say, 
uh, ironically, this week, we're going to do a wildfire call. And we brought one of our big carriers on, and we just went over this. And so here's kind of the long and the short of it is that, you know, we've had wildfires on this side of the mountains even, which oh, yeah, has been sure. kind of mm-hmm. ironic. Absolutely. But we didn't have yeah. those all the time, but we do. Mm-hmm. But it's not a problem over here because we're not in wildfire zone. Right. Your central Washington, eastern Washington areas, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because of past experience, are your wildfire zones, in particular your Cleelum. Mm-hmm. And your um, Wenatchee's and your Ellensburg. Ellensburg's. And unfortunately, Sunkadia, one of our most popular areas, right. uh, is smack in the middle. And here's the deal is that it isn't an affordability issue. It's an availability issue. Yeah. I mean, I probably can count. I can count on one hand the number of carriers that will even talk to me about insuring oh. property in Sunkadia. Okay. Wow. Oh, really? Yes. And what are they, like, phase six now? I mean, it's yeah. crazy. It's just huge. And Those these are, are gorgeous homes. homes. Yeah, they're very beautiful. Yeah, and, uh, and then I go, you know, I go up against brick walls because it's like, oh, mm. nope, sorry, that's in a fire protection. You know, they, they, they class them up from one to ten, ten being mm-hmm. no protection at mm-hmm. all. Oh, that's in an eight. We're not going to touch it, you know. And, oh, and wow. the more valuable your home, mm-hmm. the less likely they will to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a beautiful home in Othello. It was a two million dollar ranch home, and it was mm-hmm. gorgeous on a farm. And mm-hmm. I was having I had two carriers at the end of the day that would actually take it, because wow. oh no, it's too big. It's over yeah. five thousand square feet, and it's over two million dollars, and we don't want that risk. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's 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 reality. Okay, this is not that far different than when you talk jumbo loans, because it is more mm-hmm. risky because there's so much more payout that has to happen, right? And the loss right. is so much more. So mm-hmm. I mean, I I get it. I mean, it's. Ouch, yeah. <laughs> you know, for the homeowners, but I get why they would, you know, because I mean, for that same amount of money, think about how many other homes they could cover and, and right. reduce the risk. Like, right. I get it. Exactly, exactly. So, and they are looking at what they have on the books in that mm-hmm. area and they want to limit the amount of exposure because sure. if it's a wildfire and they insure 12 homes, they're going to pay for 12 homes. Right. So yeah. it's, it's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing is that it's all about really just understanding, like we talk about all the time, is it's education. And it's preparedness. So yes. it's understanding what needs to be done and making sure that you are insuring with a carrier that has a wildfire prevention program. And several of ours do. Well, they'll come out. If there's any indication of a wildfire, they'll actually come out and they'll spray your house down. This is all free. It's part of your insurance mm-hmm. policy. Because ironically, who are they protecting themselves, right? right. They don't want to pay the yeah, claim either. Exactly. So they'll come out and they'll firewise. They'll bring out crews mm-hmm. and they'll cut away all the brush. Most of them have regulations. They'll say, hey, we're not going to insure you unless you're 100 feet clear, 25 feet up, get all the underbrush out of mm-hmm. there, firewise your home, do all these things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. New building codes, I think, over there mandate sprinklers yes, and things right. like this. Yes. Yeah. So all those things can go a long ways in helping you actually create a business case for somebody to insure your home. Mm-hmm. If I go to an underwriter and say, hey, I've got a $2 million house and it's in a fire class 8, meaning very limited, mm-hmm. But he's got sprinklers, and they've mm-hmm. got they've firewised everything, and mm-hmm. there's no brush, there's no nothing. I'm more inclined to get an underwriter to go ahead and say, sure, no problem, than if right. nothing was going to happen. Right. So, yeah. So I know, like, for a lot of our clients here now. Granted, I'm not doing stuff over in Eastern Washington, but um, I know many of our clients when we have them going to get their insurance binders, um, we make sure and say, send the listing information to your insurance agent. Because there's often information in there, or just like I did this with another client um, just uh, yesterday, actually, uh, there was a list of all these improvements that have been done to a house. 
And so I said, send this to your insurance person because they were asking what the age of the roof was, whether or not it had you know certain elements inside of the house. And those often can help people find the discounts or the ability to get the insurance perhaps because it says, oh, yes, it has these elements inside of it or um, it's got a security system that has a fire alarm tied into a system you know, that will call out to mm. – a, uh, a second or third source that will get the fire department to come if there's a you know an emergency you know there's all kinds of little things that I think the general public doesn't really recognize or even just having deadbolts on a house Correct. versus mm-hmm. just traditional mm-hmm. doorknobs you know um, so this is kind of a similar thing that you're suggesting is if you're going to be in one of these more high risk areas know what else you have available to you as tools to to put your case forward. Yeah, Absolutely. Great, great information to think about. And then what about flood? Yeah, we go from yeah. Let's either go from fires to flood. Hot, hot and wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> floods, you've got FEMA. Exactly, yes. So um, Mythbuster number one, flood insurance is a federal program, FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency. Agency thank mm-hmm. you. Um, and so you're not going to get a difference in rate going from uh, in one insurance agent to the next. Right. Okay, there is no such thing right. as one rate, one company, and all that. If you've got a brand-new homeowner that's going to buy in a flood zone area, and the more the le- there's letters that designate your A's mm-hmm. and your AEs and your V's are going to be higher flood. It's a 100-year floodplain, right, right? versus mm-hmm. X, which is hardly any. doesn't mm-hmm. mean you don't have to have it, but mm-hmm. if you're in one of the higher flood zones, it's going to be mandated probably by your lender. And then you're going to have to go through NFIP, the actual National Flood Program, to do mm-hmm. that. Yep. And any insurance agent can sell you that because we're just the vessel to do it. Right. Not all agents will do it. Some of them mm-hmm. just don't want to be bothered with it. So I get a lot of customers that come to me because they need flood policies and nobody will sell one. Right. I'll sell you one. That's no problem. I'm just wanting mm-hmm. to help people out. And mm-hmm. then you've got your deductible variables as well. So mm-hmm. you can make that premium a little bit easier. <laughs> it's going to mm-hmm. still be expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, flood policies because it's run through the federal government must be paid in full up front before the policy issues mm-hmm. so that's the second myth buster you can't go into your loan closing thinking that it's mm-hmm. going to get paid from escrow because it's not the lender has to have the policy in place at closing mm-hmm. the customer has to pay that premium up front you're probably talking 14 16 1800 it's not like a huge amount of money so even right. before the closing yes Oh, yeah. Okay. And I actually have a question on that, too, because we in fact, I, we I was working on a property recently over on Hood Canal and um, and the premium for the previous owner was about seven hundred dollars a year. And for our new buyer, it, it was thirty six hundred. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. So here's the third myth buster. And this is probably the most important. So if you're not taking notes, please do this right now. If you were buying a property in a flood zone and the owner, the previous owner, already has flood insurance, Mm -hmm. you can assume that flood policy. And it is the quickest, easiest way to make sure that you get the flood insurance you need with the price that you need. Mm -hmm. So you can assume it. You can all you have to do is get a hold of an agent. We fill out paperwork. We say, I'm buying my flood zone property from you, Eric. Mm -hmm. You, Eric, have flood insurance. I'm going to assume your flood policy at closing, mm-hmm. and then done, just like that. I did like not even know that was an option. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I hope our listeners did just write that down. <laughs> and that's how, you save, your, and that's how oh, you save yourself $2,864. Yeah. There you right. go. Exactly. Yeah. Give or take a dollar or two. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yeah, no, it really makes a difference. Gail, um, before we, we, I know we're almost at the end of our show here. Mm-hmm. How can people reach you if they need a Oh, absolutely. Yeah. FirstMarkInsurance.com. My name, Gail, G-A-I-L. You can reach me email, 
Gail at FirstMarkInsurance.com, spelled out as a word, by the way. Yes. Or 206-707-9959. Of course, reach out to us, too. We'll have Gail's information. Thank you all for listening. We've got another episode of Open House Team Reba in the books. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at TeamReba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.